Oh, we psyched you out. We psyched you out again. Uh, another Friday psych out. Another Friday psych out. We got uh, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Bray man. Glad to be here. Hey, I got you a little something for Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, look at look. You're welcome to welcome to read it Suspe. on air. Welcome to read it on air. It's uh, from the heart. Oh, little kitties on there. Little got, kitty playing with the ball of string. Got kitties on there. Dear Spay, even though everyone says you are heartless, I don't know if that's necessarily true in every circumstance. Happy Valentine's Day, your friend David. And uh, we've got a soft spot in our heart for you. Happy Valentine's Day. So, wow, hey, look at that, dude. I'm touched. You're right. I, I mean, not every circumstance. Not in every circumstance. So necess not necessarily in every circumstance. Ah, well, you've touched my heart. Just like this widow guy touched my heart on a Valentine's we Day. We haven't ruled out... Um, that there are circumstances in which you would not be heartless. So no, not 100 percent ruled out. Well, awesome. Valentine's we Day. started with a prop. I love it. Um, it's a prop show now. Prop show, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. It is nearing the end of the regular season in That's NCAA right. wrestling. It's also Friday. It's also Friday. And in the immortal words of Rebecca Black, "Got to get down on Friday." <laughs> fun, 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 fun. Looking forward to the weekend. Um, so. Euros are going on right now. Yeah, Euro Freestyle. championships. And we should probably make the distinction that these are not the Olympic qualifying tournament. That's right. That's going to be later in only six weight classes. This is all 10 weight classes, all Olympic and non-Olympic weight classes. Um, they had Greco earlier, women's before or uh, after that, and they're just hitting freestyle. And uh, these uh, brackets have some American, well, some, some Americans representing other countries. Yep. Uh, and some uh, NCAA Collect, uh, connections to some of these competitors. Absolutely. So, um, you know, some exciting stuff going down. Obviously, you're familiar. Freestyle brackets. Random draw. You never know what's going to happen. And at 57 kilos, Stevan Micic uh, drew in his first match of the tournament. Suleiman Atli of Turkey, who is going to be one of the contenders. He's a world medalist. Uh, he will be an Olympic uh, medal contender. Mm -hmm. uh, could could be a gold medal contender. Uh, we'll see how those yeah. brackets shake out. Um, 57 feels like a weight class where, you know, there's not like a clear favorite. You got to think Yuguev probably is the, the favorite, yeah. but he's not he's not so far ahead of It's not Satalayev or something like that where you go, all right, well, every, like the odds are whew, it's this guy and everybody else. Mm -hmm. uh, Guguev's in there, but he's, um, I mean, he'd be the favorite, but not uh, overwhelming, like you said. So Atlee is wrestling in the semis later today, so Stevan Micic could still get pulled back in. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll wait to see if that'll happen. I think those semifinals are going down pretty soon. Yep, uh, they will be – right, they'll be today. Today. It's a two-day event. hour or something. Russia um, did real well. They had Tuskayev in the semis. They made the finals in all in four weight classes. They wrestled five today. The only one they didn't make the semis in is 70 kilos, where um, Kasumov uh, lost – uh, who did he lose to? He lost to Yavuz of Turkey. Yeah. Yavuz um, also beat James Green, I think, at a World Cup. Mm -hmm. So this guy is solid. Um, but that means uh, Russia is uh, definitely going to collect a lot of medals. They didn't do all, all that well in Greco. I think only uh, out of 10 weight classes, three silvers and two bronze, zero gold. So that's kind of uncharacteristic of them. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that definitely separates Euros from some of the other continental qualifiers is – these countries are, you know, they take this event very, very seriously. Yeah. Not to say that other countries and other continents don't take it seriously, but especially, you know, when we look at the non-Olympic weights, you see high level of competitors entered. Um, 61 kilos will compete tomorrow, but, you know, uh, Lomtadze is in that bracket. Yeah, 61 um, is interesting. You have Becca Lomtadze, um, Bogomolev for Russia, you have Hartunian for Armenia, and Dubov. Dubov. 
of Bulgaria, just to name some. And Dubov is the the gentleman that eliminated Dan Dennis at the 2016 uh, Olympics. Yeah. So some solid guys there. I get the impression that these countries uh, there are like performance incentives yeah. to do well at uh, uh, continental wide tournaments. Uh, they definitely take them very seriously. Pan Ams. I think you're definitely going to see the Olympic weight, uh, the not Olympic weights with uh, far less. Um, deep or less depth in the brackets yeah so we touched on 57 um you know i think you would think uh probably atley favored in his semifinal. um Ruskayev of russia probably favored over the german horst um yeah Tuskayev is definitely going to beat uh, uh horsty man of germany uh jaburian i don't know much about but so we're looking at Tuskayev atley and what could be a preview of uh, an olympic showdown or potentially a medal match Potentially, although although I would, I mean, I would, I would think that Yaguev has a pretty good shot to be the rep for for Russia at fifty. Oh yeah, you kilos. got a good point there. We were just talking about Yaguev, and then now Tuskayev is uh, representing Euro. So um, I'm trying to remember exactly what was quoted of Tadiev, the Russian head coach, but he basically said, um, Sidikov, uh, Satilayev, and Rashidov have buys to. The, like they basically made the Olympic team. Yeah. So that's going to be it already. Uh, I don't know if he said Uguov. I think possibly he's in there too. So Duskayev is just doing it for pride and potentially performance um, incentives. Sure. Uh, so so we've got um, 57 kilos. 65 kilos had a couple of Americans in there. Um, David Habit lost to Frangulian in yep. his Ar- opening match. Uh, a tough guy from Armenia. Um, Cam Amin lost to uh, Roger Dorn or one of the Dorn brothers. I don't know if he played shortstop for the Indians back in the 80s, but <laughs> he, he did. wrestles for Germany now. Uh, and big one is Musakayev, yeah. um, the Hungarian by way of Dagestan, uh, lost to Skriabin, the Belarusian, by way of Yakutia. Mm-hmm. So two transfers there, uh, and it's uh, Skriabin for Belarus that came up on top. Uh, I didn't get to watch the match, but I kind of want to look it up because Musakayev is an electric factory. Yeah, he is, and he's he he uh, powers down from time to time. Sometimes, as well. yeah, the electric <laughs> factory it runs out of juice, and you got to fire yeah. up the old uh, get the hamsters running on the treadmill. But again. either way, you like kind of have to watch it. Yeah, there's because, no reason yeah. not to. Yeah, he's great. Um, Kichikashvili uh, continues. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it struggles. I mean, he's losing to good guys, but 65 doesn't seem right to be weight. his weight. Yeah. It's not the right weight, but. 57 isn't either, and so... Yeah, Raham Zadi, um, who's very decent uh, of Azerbaijan, makes the semis over Kinche. So you got Skriabin of Belarus versus Raham Zadi of Azerbaijan, and then Sh- uh, Shereyev of Russia, who I believe is a junior champ, uh, and is the next big thing coming out of Russia, and the mm-hmm. lower weights could end up at 74 at one point, has a Rushanian of Ukraine, which I believe is an Armenian. Yeah. Uh, or, a, you know, comes from Armenia originally. Yeah, 70 kilos, uh, the semis. And this is, you know, kind of where we got into mentioning that Euros are deep. Yeah. Um, and even at the non-Olympic weights. So, Gadziev of Poland by way of, do you know he's what, a what area? Dagestan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's taking on, Sklu- I, man, how am I going to say that? Guy from Georgia. Yeah, and then Georgian. Sava from Moldova has Mustafaev of Azerbaijan. Mustafaev is very decent. Um, and then, as we mentioned earlier, Gadziev beat Yavuz who beat Kasumov, and that eliminated Russia from the only weight class of the five where they don't have a semifinalist and won't wrestle for a medal because Yavuz then lost um, so to Gajiev, so he's So that eliminates Kasumov from any medal contention. 79 kilos. Belarus has Kazi Mohamed against Bulgaria's Ali. And both of those guys are probably Russian. Uh, I don't know for sure, but um, pretty sure they're right around the Dagestan region, somewhere like that. 
So that makes a lot of sense. And then uh, Ramazanov, another Russian in the semifinals. He'll have Hasanov of Azerbaijan. Who is a native Azerbaijani, and that is the big one. Uh, Hasanov has multiple world titles or medals. Um, gave Dake a real tough match uh, in the 2018 World Championships. Um, played a lot of defense. Uh, is a is a wily veteran, and um, it's not Ramazan Ramazanov. It's his brother, and I think Gilman was hanging out with the Ramazanovs in oh, his trip. Oh, that trip that he just if, had the interview if with If you Bader, listen to yeah. Bader's interview with Gilman, it's an amazing interview. I haven't even listened to all of it yet. But he talks about two brothers uh, named Ramazan, Ramazanov, and uh, the other name is escaping me. I think this is the other one who's very, very good. Uh, he's just stuck in between. He, he's had some good wins at 86 kilos, mm-hmm. uh, but 79 is definitely his, his uh, more natural weight. That's going to be a good one. Um, Hassanov uh, showing he still has some uh, tire, some miles left on the uh, – some tread left on those tires is what yeah. I was trying to say. Yeah. He beat Kinchadze of Georgia and Najmudinov of Romania, who's also a Dagestani. Did he – now, he didn't – he didn't wrestle 74 kilos um, recently, did he? Jabrail Hasanov? Yeah. The Azerbaijani, he has in the past. He's wrestled Burroughs. He's wrestled – he started at 65 is he when did, he won he his didn't, first He didn't wrestle at, at Mateo Pelicone at, at 74 kilos, did he? Uh, I don't think so, but it's okay. possible. Okay. I'm trying to remember who, who Dake had uh, from, from Azerbaijan. Um, Mateo Pelicone. Maybe, no, maybe nobody. Maybe that didn't happen. Here, you go on. I'm going to go look that up. Um, 97 kilos. Interesting. You know, I think everybody has been talking about Sajulayev this week after the news that Jaden Cox has decided to go up to 97 kilos for Team USA. Um, and obviously, Jaden would have to get past Kyle Snyder, Olympic gold medalist, two-time world champion, just to make the team. But uh, I know I was paying a little bit of extra attention to Sajulayev's matches just kind of in light of that. And he he won convincingly in all of his matches, but he wasn't quite as dominant today as he as he has been, which could mean absolutely nothing. We'll see that kind of performance from him from time to time. He did make the semifinals, but he got cradled up in his, in his quarterfinal match. Yeah, I just watched that uh, clip. Um, it's out on Twitter. Uh, I think United World Wrestling put it out there. What was uh, Bullock Bashi? Was it Turkey? Yeah. That, oh, so it was. Yeah, it was. It was round of sixteen match. It wasn't the quarterfinal match, and uh, and so I mean that that was interesting to see somebody. You know, I think Ivan circulated a clip this week of of Sadulayev getting headlock or trying to headlock and getting rolled through in practice and so, i mean mm-hmm. people are looking for any vulnerability <laughs> when you're watching sajalayev yeah um certainly but, in the last couple of years obviously kyle snyder beat him in the finals famously mm-hmm. um in 2017 but uh since then he's been basically untouchable yeah um, and, and even in that match against turkey after he got cradled and put on his back he like became you know it went like beast a, mode yeah an animal that was you know let off the leash or whatever so mm-hmm. he he went he went crazy there um He'll have Otakadze in his semifinal match. We all love Otakadze. Otakadze almost went fifth five years in a row. To me, that is the most amazing stat. But then he won his bronze medal on his fifth try at yeah. World slash Olympics. Good for him. Wrestling for bronze five years in a row, and it took and him his losing. fifth try. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's rough. Um, so in the other semifinal, uh, Saritov, Romania, is going to be taking on Kudinovic. Kudinovic. I think he got it there. I don't know where Kudinovic is from. Saritov, I believe, is from Dagestan. He was a bronze medal at Rio at 97. And I'm impressed that he's still out there. But 97 has some of these guys that are still competing. Um, Heavyweight, too. Barry Nadzi. Some heavyweights that we haven't seen in a while um, coming out. The Olympic year brings out, gets guys to... uh, Dust off the singlets and get back out on the mat. Absolutely. So second half of the freestyle weights at Euros will will start middle of the night tomorrow. 
and uh, and then we'll see. So there'll be some interesting interesting stuff happening there. Um, keep your eyes on Euros. It's going to set the stage for kind of what we can expect, I think, about some of these guys in the lead-up to the Olympic year. Yeah, the Russians are going to have different teams for the most part um, at the Olympic qualifying tournament. Um, well, they won't need to send very many people to the Olympic qualifying tournament. I think just heavyweight. Mm-hmm. But at the Olympics and elsewhere, they'll have different guys. Um, but everyone else, this should be about the number ones for all the other countries. You'd imagine they'd be sending them. Yeah. Um, so shifting gears, let's talk a little bit about the looming postseason. It's coming up. and Sooner uh, than I can scarcely even imagine yeah, some how teams, quickly it's come around. Some teams are going to finish their, their dual meet seasons this weekend. Other teams will, um, will have duels next weekend as well. But – we're winding down and kind of start to see what's happening with a lot of these teams and, and you guess with these individuals, if they'll be likely to take losses or have, uh, have tough matches coming up. Um, Campbell won the SOCON last night. So we yep. give them a shout gotta, out. Yep. Shouts to the camels. Uh, SOCON is interesting. It's one of my, I always say it's one of my favorite conferences. It's, um, geographically compact. Mm-hmm. It has institutions that are peers that are very similar. Um, and, uh, they do have a hodgepodge. It's not all, uh, SoCon, there's some big South teams. There's some other teams that are not uh, mm-hmm. in the SoCon for other sports, but uh, they're still all institutions that are, um, you know, no no majors. They're all basically mid majors. Yeah, yeah. Makes for a fun conference. So good good for uh, Coach Kerry Colot and the Camels of Bowie's Creek. And the way the season played out in the SoCon was was really cool. The final duel in the SoCon decided the conference title. App State was also undefeated in the conference heading into that duel last night. And so, um, you know, big win for, for Campbell to knock them off head-to-head and get the, the conference title outright. It's kind of a cool moment when you can have that that title on the line duel at the end of the season. Yeah, so, it's great. Duel meets with uh, stakes. Is, uh, they're, they're a wonderful thing. You can see it in the clip that uh, Campbell put out on their social media. Chris Kober getting the uh, takedown. I forget against who. Mm-hmm. Um, or I didn't. I didn't catch the name against App State, but you could see the the camel bench and the and some fans there all going wild. So that's fun. Yeah, it's great. Um, okay, so yesterday the NCAA coaches rankings came out for the first time. Second time. Second. First, they, first they RPI. Second coaches poll. Oh, that's right. First RPI. Um, second coaches poll. And so. There were a few interesting developments in there. I think probably top of mind for me is at 149, Matt Kalazic, who just had his red shirt pulled last weekend. Olympic red shirt, yep. Olympic red shirt. He came in, won a couple matches in dual meets for Princeton, uh, got wins over Columbia and Cornell, helped them, mm-hmm. uh, helped them to that EAWA title. And he is currently sitting at number 11 yeah. in the coaches' ranking. So if you want a, uh, a deeper dive onto that exact issue of where Kalajic should debut in the rankings, uh, who's number one the show with me and Nomad, or at least the two of us really get into it, go back and forth. Uh, Mr. Lobdell is on the side of the coaches. He says number 11 is appropriate, mm-hmm. given that he has not had much of a track record. Hunter Richard uh, for Cornell is a good win, but doesn't really have what the rest of the guys in the top 10 have as far as resumes this year. Uh, I say that's fine for the coaches to do that personally, but Flo and I believe just about every other ranker um, that I can think of has him in the top five or thereabouts because they based his pedigree and and his uh, historical results. And my logic was, you know, if he had never had his Olympic redshirt pull but just had that record that he has now, 
he would stay up there. He yeah. still he wrestled in two open tournaments. He didn't see much in the way of competition there, but didn't drop any losses, any yeah. matches either. Um, and last year he has two wins over Brock Mahler at the NCAAs. Austin O'Connor placed ahead of him. Uh, has the Austin O'Connor beat Mitch Feinsilver in Wrestlebacks. Mm-hmm. Mitch Feinsilver beat Kaladzic. And so I had him, I, we put him in there in between Mahler and ahead of Mahler and below O'Connor. Yeah. So to back up just for a minute and then get back to Kaladzic, for those of you out there who, who aren't sure what, you know, why the coaches panel or why the coaches ranking or the RPI matter. Mm-hmm. Um, these two, these two things are part of what they'll use to determine how many auto qualifying spots conferences get mm-hmm. for the NCAA championships. So, um, so when these things come out, people might say, well, they're not maybe as, as accurate a ranking as flow wrestling or, or any other ranking service out there. Uh, but they matter a whole lot because they'll determine, you know, who gets, who gets what spots. And that's where, when you guys pay attention to duels that are happening this weekend and next weekend, you'll start to see extra emphasis put on, especially those guys that are sitting between like 25 and 33 in the rankings, Mm -hmm. because a lot of those guys are on the bubble or guys that are just outside that, that 33 spot. Um, You'll see sometimes coaches will maybe sit out a guy who's who's ranked 26th, or you know, or they'll or they'll try to get a win. Or you know, just I don't know. It, can, it becomes a little extra detail right. to pay attention to. And so what will happen is there's a uh, uh, formula. It's fairly complicated, but it basically breaks down to a couple components or a few components. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all based on wins and losses of this season, so nothing in the past counts at all. And the way it'll work is they'll. It, 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 it's kind of like a sliding scale, so it's not a set like the top 28 guys. According to this formula, it could be 28, could be 29, could be 27. Yeah. But there's obviously 33 uh, national qualifiers, every weight class, uh, every year. And before the conference tournaments, each weight class and each conference, uh, or they'll allocate around 27, 28 uh, 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 qualifying spots yeah. that'll divvy up between the conferences. And if you're a guy that qualified that spot for your conference you're basically more or less guaranteed to get one of those final wild card spots and then mm-hmm. wild card spots have something other official name but let's say uh you qualify for the big 10 and there's eight spots that the big 10 has in that weight class you finish ninth in the big 10 you'll probably get that wild card spot yeah uh where guys are in trouble are if you um qualify the spot and then that in, but your conference only has like the one and then that spot gets stolen by somebody else stolen yeah and you yeah. earn it yeah um, but then you might be on the outside looking in, even though you technically qualified it. Sure. So that, I mean, that, that adds a if whole that makes any wrinkle. sense. It yeah. does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, and the other thing too, is a lot of times the, the things that you'll maybe see in the coaches ranking can end up, um, being reflected in seeds to a certain extent. So when you see somebody like Kalodzic down at 11, mm-hmm. I mean, the question is what can he do between now and the NCAA championships to not end up the 11 seed, right? I mean, right. If, if you think about dropping a landmine like Kalodzic into the bracket at the 11, that could that could really change yeah. change a lot. And the only guy ranked ahead of him that he's scheduled to see during the rest of the season is Kijan Clark. Um, who's like a, eight or something? Who's Yeah, seven or eight in the coaches rank. Um, that's the only guy that he even could see, and that that's assuming that they both make it to the EIWA finals. And, yeah, he's and seventh. Um, real good, uh, having quite the year. I believe he's a senior. 
or uh, upperclassman. Yeah, he's junior or senior. But came out of nowhere, or not out of nowhere. I mean, he, he was up at 157. Um, I think he actually his first year he might have been down at 141, and then his and then last year he was up at 157. And right. He's always had the stuff, but just hasn't had the consistency. Yeah, really put it together. Had a good mm-hmm. Midlands, uh, so definitely earned that ranking. Um, but yeah, to your point about all this affecting everything, um, uh, it, it is why people say, well, you know, you look at the rankings mm-hmm. and. You know, we do them, we do them no matter how they get factored in. But when people say, oh, they don't they don't matter, and I agree to a large part, when they say that, they mean like, hey, ignore your seed, ignore your rank, and go out there and beat the guy. You got to do what you got to do no matter what. Um, but also, a lot of coaches have said, you know, publicly that they look to other ranking services to help them fill out their coaches' poll. Yeah. And that's why people say, like, they get – that's when they have – and I, I agree, like a legitimate concern – that if the rankers weren't paying attention, if I was asleep at the wheel or whatever, yeah. and they go, dude, you totally messed this up, that's why we try to be as transparent as possible, because if coaches are looking at this, we want them to be as you know justifiable, buttoned down, mm-hmm. everything has backup and reasoning to it and logic, which I believe they do, and if they don't, I haven't, you know. Yeah. That, that's where the feedback comes from. Yeah. But yeah, that's why they then they feed into the coaches' poll, and those coaches' poll then decide what, conf- what um, spots conferences have to qualify, and then what seed you get at the NCAA tournament. And it's why you try to craft a system as airtight as you can. But because of things like Kaladzic coming in at the last minute, because of things like Joe Smith moving down to 74 mm-hmm. at the last minute where he never had any other matches, yeah. you, you can't create a objective system that the coaches have, which I think is a, is a good system for all, of, you know, it's nothing is perfect or whatever. You can't make something where you can account for those kind of things. So then yeah. you have a guy like Kaladzic or Joe yeah. Smith, who are multiple-time All-Americans, showing up with a C, like, in the 30s. Now, Joe Smith was 33. There's just there's yeah. literally nothing you can do about that. And the system is set up now to incentivize guys to stay in a weight class to earn a to qualify the weight and then earn a higher seed. And if you take away that incentive because you say, oh, well, Joe Smith could come out of nowhere, or Matt Kalata could come out of nowhere, then you take away the incentive, and that's not a perfect solution either. In the case of Kalazic specifically, I do wonder if if anything could happen outside of Kalazic's control that would potentially move him up in ranking. I mean, there are obviously a number of Big Ten guys that are currently ranked ahead of him, and they're going to take losses just by the nature of being in that conference and by the nature of being in that Big Ten tournament. Yeah, Sasso, wonder... Lugo, uh, and Brayton Lee are, are one, two, and six in the coaches' poll. And, and then Cannon Store is is sitting at eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, I do wonder if, if those guys might cannibalize each other a little bit, and that moves Kolodzik up, especially if he is a conference champ who's undefeated. You might um, also see the coaches say, wait a minute, this would put Kolodzik in at the – I mean, the, the kind of the failsafe, the, you know, we can – change the rules to use common sense or to just make sure that it is as fair as possible to coaches and folks that are in the know, the coaches could now look at these rankings, go, okay, this would put Kalodzic at 11. That's not fair yeah. to, or that's not the best way to construct a bracket if you're trying to have it ranked as a, uh, according to ability. Yeah. And so they may now, the next coaches poll that comes out and then the final one for the seating, it may end up, you know, Kalodzic we may see, around six or five or whatever. If this ranking was the seeding for NCAA, uh, Kalazic would have Brayton Lee in the round of 16. He would have Austin O'Connor in the quarterfinals. He would have Pat Lugo in the semifinals. All that to get to a finals with Sammy Sasso. I mean, that's that's crazy. So, I don't know. Curious to see how that will develop, but that was an interesting note to me. Yeah, and that was the the argument by a lot of – Hawkeye fans last year in that Alex Marinelli got Marinelli got the one seed or yeah. the one seed yeah. undefeated beat everybody beat Chenzo beat everybody and then got Joe Smith in his very first match crazy 
which is a you know that that's why you kind of want to have these. All right, well then the coaches just have to you know break the rule or you know go against yeah. what the you know standard playbook would say and yeah. move guys around. So another guy that seems like potentially a landmine right now, a guy who's not even in the coaches ranking at all at 141 pounds is Grant Leith, mm-hmm. um, and which which you know makes makes you wonder is is he hurt and the coaches did not ask you know the coaches in the ranking to consider him or did they consider him and not see enough in the resume to rank him at 141 yeah that would surprise me if it was that it makes me think that uh he is hurt and brian smith did not uh put him in the guys to consider because there are no missouri wrestlers Mm -hmm. uh, at all at 141 um uh grant leith did win or did wrestle recently uh a couple weeks ago at the end of January, lost to Anthony Gibson. Anthony Gibson, a very tough guy from Northern Iowa, but uh, over the year... Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois, sorry, yeah. my bad. Um, Got to give the uh, the NIU guys their due. Totally. Uh, I was about to say, Leith did beat Shakur Laney. That is a quality-ranked win. Um, lost to Sedarian Perry, who's an All-American, and lost to Tristan Moran, who's a top-20 guy, and then has, uh, what is his, he's 8-4 and four on the year. Mm-hmm. Um I would be shocked if that didn't get you a top 33 yeah. uh, ranking in the coach's poll. So that may be, uh, you know, maybe an indication that Leith not healthy, maybe not not moving forward. He certainly struggled with injuries. Would love for him to be healthy and to be um, 100%, but. We'll, yeah, the we'll injuries see. he's had over his uh, career, just real tough. Um, hate to see it. Yeah. Sometimes I, body don't take so much. Right. Another guy who's not in the coach's ranking. That's right. Who. We do suspect to be healthy for sure at the end of the year mm-hmm. is 133 pounder Sebastian Rivera. Yes, he's not in because of I believe the rule that you have to have wrestled uh, in the last five weeks or something, and we haven't seen Sebas since yeah. his third place match where he injury defaulted against Travis Piotrowski. So at Midlands, I just I just wrote up uh, an article looking at Sebastian Rivera's potential, uh, the ways that his his matches this weekend, both of which are live on Flow Wrestling. Uh, could impact his Big Ten seed. And, How many and plugs can we get into that one, this one little bit? We can get a lot of I, plugs. I, David Bray, wrote an article. Please That's click. Right. That's right. Please click on that. Make give, Put my stats through the roof. Also, live on Flow, two matches. Yeah. Give us those viewership numbers and subscribe. Through the roof. Um, so, but, Sebastian, so, backing up. The Wrestling Nomad. So, yes. Let's plug the Wrestling Nomads. And now we can get a little Wrestling Nomad Big, plugging. Big Ten uh, 133 Seed Projections article. Mm-hmm. He looked at that. He had seeding criteria that he got from one of the coaches and was kind of using that to write up the article. And um, his projection was that if Sebastian Rivera wrestles both of his matches this weekend, first one will be tonight, Northwestern's Wrestling Rutgers. If Rivera wrestles... Uh, Sammy, Sammy Alvarez. Alvarez. That would be that's circled. Uh, that's oh, that's that'd, a, be, great, that'd be a fun match. match. Back, I mean, man, Seabass back in his home state of New Jersey. Uh, would love to see him wrestle. And Alvarez is a native Jersey guy. But Rutgers uh, fans are doing a good job. It's a tough season for a young mm-hmm. Rutgers squad. They're still packing the rack. It's an awesome, yeah. awesome environment. So we'd love to see that match. Just you know, outside of of any potential seating implications. But would love for you to subscribe to watch it as well. Would love that. Um, but but. Uh, if, Sorry, so if who's, he who's if beat? if yeah. C, if Seabass can beat Alvarez um, and then and then win on Sunday against King Sandoval, that would probably give him the sixth seed heading into the Big Ten Championships. I feel like that's fair. That that does seem fair. Um, you know he he does have the loss to Seth Gross and then had that injury default or that that uh, yeah injury default injury default to Petrowski and to I Piotrowski. believe those are his only two Big Ten matches of the season. And the injury default will count as a loss. 
or it, it will be factored seating. in for, for seeding. Yeah, it does not. It won't get factored into our flow rankings. Mm-hmm. But uh, coaches have said no. That count like that's a L, yep. and that goes in to seeding purposes. So yeah, the odd. I mean, the really odd trajectory of of Seabass's season is that those are his only two Big Ten matches of the year. Mm-hmm. And so if he if he's still too hurt to wrestle this weekend, and does you know doesn't see Alvarez, doesn't see King Sandoval, he might end up as the 14th seed yeah. at the Big Tens. And, and of course, the coaches could, in you know, in a sort of special circumstance like having a two-time All-American and Sebastian Rivera in the bracket, they could change their policies. They could make an exception. You know, they're they're kind of allowed to do whatever they want. It's, it's they not, have their they have discretion. They're not bound by law or anything. Um, or by oath, unlike rankers <laughs> who have their own oath. <laughs> who, yeah, uh, and have for... Century. Nigh <laughs> on yeah. millennia. Um but so I mean, there's a lot on the line for those Northwestern duels this weekend, and I, I'm I know I'm going to be tuned in to see if Seabass takes the mat. If he ends up the 14 seed, mm-hmm. we talked about Kaladzic's potential path at NCAA's at Big Tens. Mm. If Seabass ends up the 14 seed, I'll have a pigtail. He would have an opening round match with Austin DeSanto, first round match in the Big Ten championships. Wait, no, he'd have a pigtail with the. Uh, uh, he'd have a round of 16. Nine. He'd have a round of 16 match oh, with, with DeSanto Austin three. DeSanto. Yeah, yeah, the three you're seed. Right, yeah, yeah, That would be his opening Pardon match. Me. Mm-hmm. That would be his opening match. Fire. So, you know, um, th- that's crazy, right? If if he does end up with that six seed, if he wrestles both matches, yeah. we could still see him wrestle DeSanto, but that would be a, it'd be a quarterfinal match. And here's the thing where the, the NCAA has uh, allowed themselves some wiggle room for stuff like that. No matter what happens at 133 in the Big Ten, yeah. You will see Sebastian Rivera in the NCAs if he wrestles at Big Tens. Yes, and you will see DeSanto and Gross and Piotrowski and RBY. Even if they get upset, even if they injury default or whatever, sure. they're going to get one of those wild cards. Yeah, unless literally like I don't know, half the bracket yeah. <laughs> calls it quits or whatever. Yeah, I I, mean, I don't know. I'm just really interested in uh, Sebastian Rivera's weekend. I think that you know, there's I mean, there's just a lot on the line, and and it could really change that entire weight class at the conference tournament. Yeah, we haven't heard anything, right? No news, nothing um, dribbling out of Evanston as uh, far as Nomad Nomad hints. said he had, you know, he had heard that that um I I don't know, maybe you would call it like if it was NFL or something, maybe probable uh, or whatever. You know, he's he could he could potentially go this weekend once, he could potentially go twice, but it didn't once, uh, twice, three times a sea bass. That's right. Um, well, I don't know if it is. But that's not, he, right. he, that's not right. He uh, he could he could go. I um I I don't think they've kind of ruled him out for sure. Mm-hmm. But they also haven't ruled him all the way in. We need so. a Seabass watch, like Panda watch, Seabass watch. Yeah, who's on it? Brian well, Fantana. It, listen, if you're if you're in New Jersey and you get eyes on this guy, tell us how he looks. Yeah. Tell us if get he, out here, Seabass. Does he think? He, do you think he's going to wrestle Sammy Alvarez? What do you think? You know, I, I think Seabass would love to wrestle anybody. Um, oh yeah, he would love to wrestle every one of these matches. This is but, a guy that gets piped up and does yeah. the two-handed punch himself in the head. Yeah. So anyway, that's a big one. Um, another one that stuck out in the the coaches' ranking. We got a, a few more guys that are going to be on the side a couple times this weekend that uh, that have kind of some interesting spots in the coaches' ranking. Uh, at one forty-one, Real Woods is a guy who. Had a really high-profile match early, early in the season with Luke Pletcher. Lost that match, but it was 
it was one of the toughest tests of Pletcher's entire season. Yeah, and I think this is a case of um, so we we have uh, Real Wood six spots lower in the rankings mm-hmm. than the coaches poll. He's tied for third in the coaches poll, and uh, we have him at ninth. Mm-hmm. And I think this is an instance of coaches using their discretion, saying a sudden victory or, or a close bout like that with Pletcher, giving Pletcher yeah. all he can handle, and Pletcher has established himself as the number one guy. Him and Nickley are one and two, without a doubt. That they can see a guy like Real Woods up there, and they want him at three for the NCAA tournament because they don't want him at a lower rank hitting their higher rank guys. They yeah. don't want, you know, coaches that you know the the Minnesota with Mitch McKee and the Iowa Max Mirren or whoever. They don't want to see Real Woods early. They yeah. want to have to wait wait until the later rounds that they have to run into him. So there you go. That's kind of where they're thinking that where they're putting him there because if you just go by wins and losses, he has a good loss to Pletcher, but he doesn't have any good wins of the caliber that everybody else in the top 10 have. You know, and his Southern Scuffle finals match was against Caden G. Feller, who is somebody that I think, you know, many people believed would be kind of an all-American caliber guy this year, but, you know, he's not the starter. Dusty Hone is. Um, And G is a special case because we all know Caden Gefeller is extremely talented. He was a big-time recruit, had an awesome redshirt year, and then mm-hmm. was filling in at 149. He's a natural 141-pounder. Yeah. Had a very good year. Gave Anthony Ashnold all he could handle. Uh, and then went, I think, 0-2 at NCAAs. Yeah, and I, yeah. didn't place ha- for sure. Did, definitely did not place, or maybe, one, maybe went 1-2. and yeah. two. And then has – we've only really seen him at the Southern Scuffle. He hasn't started. John Smith has been candid in his interviews and said Dusty Hone, since basically all year long, that mm-hmm. he considers Dusty Hone the starter – um, so it's kind of a question mark. Even though we know he's good, it's like yeah. a win over Caden Gefeller right now for this season doesn't factor much in for your ranking. Yeah, it counts as a win for, over for a backup. Flow. Right, but you know, it's, that's all it counts at. But coaches right could see things differently, and that's certainly sure. their prerogative. Sure. Um, but, I mean, I, you know, I, I was curious to see what they would do with him. There, there are guys that we have ranked ahead of him, I think rightly so, based on results. But guys that have multiple losses, Tristan Moran has four losses, um, Mitch McKee has three, Chad Red has six, Dom Demas has three, Parker has three. So, uh, so you know, they, they decided to put him above those guys, and uh, it appears as if Real Woods, I think, should – should be should win the re- remaining matches that he has on the schedule until the NCAA's, and I'm really interested to see him yeah. in that in that field. He just yeah, I mean, no, through no fault of his own, just hasn't had right. the opportunities to to see those guys this year. And I want to point out too that um, you say, well, you know, Stanford hasn't wrestled enough competition for real was to do that, but they it's have. also not the it's also not the coaches of Stanford's fault. They crafted what they they attempted to make the toughest schedule you can. These things yeah. are done in advance. You can't just you know, immediately change everything, but they wrestled Ohio State. I mean, they wrestled North Carolina early this season. Uh, they went to the Reno Tournament Champions and Southern Scuffle looking for competition. Mm-hmm. So they've gone to two big tournaments like that, and then they have to wrestle the Pac-12, yeah. which Arizona State's strong, the rest of the Pac-12 not as strong mm-hmm. this year. And they're on the West Coast, so I don't know how many times they're going to fly to the East. That's one of the, you know, the very tough things, the things that you, you hate the fact that it is this way, but there's yeah. just less competition right now at the NCAA D1 level yeah. on the West Coast. Yeah. So no fault to the Stanford coaches. Yeah. I, I'm really glad we get the chance to see Real Woods twice this weekend um, on the site. He'll be – they're doing the Dakota tour uh, 
They're they're doing nice. North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and so we'll see Real Woods a couple times. He's going to be heavily favored in both those matches, but we haven't had a ton of Real Woods matches on Flow this year, so I'm I'm glad that we get the chance to feature him a little bit. Um, and another guy, another Stanford guy who wrestled the same schedule as Real Woods, but Just happened to run into tougher happened guys. Happened to run into tougher guys. He got Shane. Uh, um, I think it's Shane Schedule um, of Navy who's a top 10 guy, Travis Whitlake, when they ran into him at the scuffle, is having a great season. And Josh Shields, uh, Arizona State, is a two-time All-American, I think, going into his senior year. Um, and he's got wins over all of them. And yeah. and Monday. Yeah, Kennedy, Kennedy Monday, Monday. Who, who has looked, you know, as good as anybody during certain matches of the year. So, that's you know, those are super solid wins. Um, he, he is uh, sitting at – he's also sitting, I think, at number three. Or four. Uh, he's a, he's number four, I think, in the coaches' ranking. Um, yep, he's four in the coaches' ranking, and he is third. And yeah, he's third in our ranking in the Flow Wrestling Top Twenty Five. He'll have he'll have a match with Andrew Fogarty this weekend, which will be interesting. And he has another ranked opponent when they wrestle South Dakota State. Um, who does he have? Co- South South Dakota State Cook just got in there. Cook just got in the rankings. Man, that guy that guy likes to pin people. Tanner yeah. Cook. Tan so, Cook. So he'll have a couple more. Uh, ranked opponents this weekend, uh, which is which is great. Check his matches out. The thing I'm really interested in with Shane Griffith heading into the postseason is that he's 24-0. He's undefeated. He's wrestled a, a solid season, and if he wins the Pac-12 tournament, he'll beat Josh Shield. He'll have to beat Josh Shield again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would give him. He already he already has three top ten wins. That would give him a fourth top ten win. Yeah, he'll have earned. He'll have beaten lots of quality competition. He'll have plenty on his resume to suggest that he's a top tier guy. Now the question is, yes, if in the Big Ten championships, 165 pounds comes down to Alex Marinelli and Vincenzo Joseph, mm-hmm. and Marinelli, who's two and one against Joseph, gets that win, mm-hmm. is Shane Griffith the one seed at NCAA's? Right. Or, and I certainly don't want that, knock on wood, what if either Marinelli or what if Chenzo medical defaults? What if he wins a couple matches and says, I'm saving my, you know, NCAAs, yeah. whatever seat I have, one, two, three, four, whatever, that's what I'll deal with. Because uh, and, and, medical forfeits actually don't count. Injury defaults do, but yeah. medical forfeits will not count mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a loss. Man, I don't know. I think uh, I think you got to give credit to the guy that wrestles, and I don't um, – you know, uh, but but I guess I, the, the the trickier one would be not the hypothetical of somebody uh, medical forfeits out is what happens if Marinelli beats Chenzo two or each guy there has a loss Griffith mm-hmm. stays undefeated but had never wrestled either Marinelli or Chenzo I think as a ranker I'm keeping Griffith at third yeah just because they're the top two guys mm-hmm. that's how it is if you don't wrestle him you can't pass him that's sometimes just how it shakes out yeah but I can understand seating which is a algorithm basically a formula saying. Uh, Griffith gets the one seed. Could happen. I, I posed that this question on Twitter a, f- a few weeks ago. You know, before we had even more results, and now we have more results, and it's you know looking more likely that this could happen. Um, I mean, you know, obviously it all comes down to the, that Chenzo Marinelli match, and, and Shane Griffith needs to remain undefeated. There's a lot more still to play out, but if all of that does happen, I. You know, there were a few people on Twitter that were taking the stance that this would be like a great injustice or something for for Shane Griffith to get the one seed. I don't I don't agree with that. Great injustice. Yeah, that that like Did they th- use the word great injustice. No, of course they didn't use the word great injustice. Oh, this is you're Twitter. embellishing. This is, no, I'm not. I'm not embellishing. People were saying that that would be the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. The, but the NCAA will do it right because they uh, because they don't have you know. So people were there was there was some amount of outrage about the idea that that 
Uh, An undefeated wrestler that undefeated. beat a bunch of all Americans and uh, top ranked guys. Right. I mean, I think this is this is very similar to heavyweight last year. Um, although, although uh, I think it's like Hayden Heidley got. Wasn't he the one seed when he was undefeated? Yeah, uh, that that like yeah, his freshman, freshman year, his freshman year, be and similar Nolf had to that. The injury default, similar to that. I, and I think those those seeds were justified. I think this seed would be justified if that was the case. Um, so anyway, that that'll be interesting, and definitely want to keep a close eye on on Shane Griffith throughout the rest of the year. He's a guy that I don't think people kind of nationally would would uh, consider a potential number one seed at the NCAA championships, but yeah. it's, it could it could happen. And then yeah, Hayden Heidley was uh, the one seed. In 2018, yeah. when he made the finals. And he, yeah, so. We'll when you see. go undefeated, uh, beat the guys in front of you. Sometimes you get the one seed, even though potentially there could be two guys that are better than you. That just, yep. That's why you have the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Another guy that beginning of the year nobody, I think, would have um, expected to be sitting as high as he is. Uh, one, Stephen Kyle Brackey did. Well, of course. He, I mean, he probably had him at the one. <laughs> he probably had him number one pound for pound. <laughs> uh, but Noah Adams of West Virginia. Yep is currently ranked second in the country. He is 25 and 0. He's got a 52% bonus rate Good and bonus rate. he's got he's got a number of ranked wins. Um he's a guy that it, it's uh, the some of the guys that he wrestled were ranked higher when he beat them or they've been ranked higher during the year. Um mm-hmm. when you look at the rankings of his opponents, Gear is is ranked 11th, Traxler 13th, Ethan Laird 10th. All those guys have been inside the top 8 at various points this season. So those are all very good wins. Um, and, and so he's been interesting and he's going to have uh, a couple of matches on flow this weekend and I'm really interested to see, yeah. um, you know, how, how he'll look, but he's another guy who, who could go into the NCAA championships undefeated. Uh, Colin Moore, if he goes undefeated and then beats, uh, I guess Warner would be his toughest competition. And hopefully Christian Bruner comes back from the injury finishes strong his senior year for Purdue. Uh, but just looking at the 197 landscape, it's kind of weird. I mean, you got Pat Brecky's returning All-American. Ben Darmstadt was an All-American, red-shirted, and is now back. Um, he's at three. Would I move Noah Adams to number two? Um, it was kind of like, I'm going to leave him there until either Colin Moore loses or Noah Adams loses. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that's going to change that. But Ben Darmstadt is undefeated at 197. He had yeah. an injury default, which is actually going to count against him uh, for NCAAs. Yeah. Um, but that, that mix, that top, you know, from two to six, Colin Moore has obviously established himself as the number one guy right now. But the rest of those guys, it's all a mix. No, Adams is not an All-American. Pat Brucky is, but Brucky has a couple losses this year. Bruner, Darmstead just for a couple. And Jacob Warner. Jacob Warner's taken a couple losses to Eric Schultz, J.I.L.O. Um, none of those guys. Adams hasn't really seen all those guys. Mm-hmm. And West Virginia did not craft the schedule that Stanford did. So... I kind of can see a little bit more of the, you know, uh, hesitancy for people to say, no, Adams deserves a number two spot. Yeah. I think what mitigates it is you have Colin Moore there anyway. Yeah. So people are less concerned. He's not getting the number one. That's yeah. that, that just stands out more, but. I, and you know, I mean, the big 12 at 197 is, is not as deep as the big 10, but it's, I mean, he'll have to have a solid performance to, to win that again. He'll have to beat Dakota gear again. Who's an all American. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, there are a number of other ranked guys that are in the bracket. So it'll be really interesting. If you haven't followed 
Noah Adams season. JD Raider actually just wrote up an article that that kind of walks through Another some of shameless his plug. Accounts. We need a little graphic to come up with a little. Ding. That'd be great. Listen, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug I'm, all this stuff because I read I read JD's article and it was it was helpful for me to kind of you know uh, think through his season and how that's no. Nah, this is what these uh, Friday and Monday FRLs are yeah. for uh, um, to really show everyone. Our cognac corpia. Well, I messed that one up. Our cognac corpia. Our cognac corpia. Our corpus Christi of <laughs> offerings. Yeah, uh, but Adams reminds me of some of those some of those Tim Flynn Edinburgh guys back in the day that mm. had had really very were very solid in high school. Were kind of were big recruits, but then weren't necessarily the people that everyone expected a ton out of. Mm-hmm. But they are monsters on top. They they pin a lot of people. They they put people on their backs, and um, yeah, and that, they have a lot of success. And he, I mean that's what he's doing this year. That top work is the is a big different differentiator. We'll learn how to speak mm-hmm. by the end of this mm-hmm. episode at some mm-hmm. point. Uh, but yeah, when you can do that, when you can ride a guy, and when you can turn a guy, it's a lot of guys coming out of high school have real struggles with that when they get to the next level. And once you learn that, once you get that ability, which Noah Adams has done, and, and kudos to Tim Flynn and company yeah. for getting to that level. You become an extremely dangerous wrestler, somebody that nobody wants to see, and you can rack up a lot of wins. Yeah, and, yeah, and I agree. I think, I think Tim Flynn. Some people were a little, you know, they were starting to, to wonder like, when is this magic going to happen? He did it at Edinburgh. What does he not have at West Virginia? And yeah. it takes a cycle of guys. It's it's tough, and nothing against anybody that was in the room before, but, uh, you know, it's a it's a four or five year process mm-hmm. to get to where you know you wanted to be, and even then, it's not going to be perfect every time. So. Yeah. It just it's a it takes some time to get the guys that you need in the room and then work them through and then get them to the next level. Yeah, and I'm, the thing that I've always appreciated about Tim Flynn squads is they're not they're not just good on top in the sense that they can ride and create a ton of pressure, but they are they're always trying to turn. Like they are interested in the turn at all times. Yeah, and not the double boot. Stall, yeah, stall ride. Yeah, and you know you saw that with AJ Shop, Mitchell Port, and. Uh, Dave Habit to a certain extent, and now you're seeing it with Noah Adams. Um, so love love seeing that, and he's he's going to be on the site a couple times at uh, Northern Iowa and Iowa State this weekend. I think in the reverse order. Oh, and uh, our man JD Raiders out there collecting more content. More. Oh boy. He is. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I went there with the content again. <laughs> JD Raiders. I got his, you last time with he's that. He's on one, his too. he's on his second second content trip of yeah. the season. He's a Se- content second, collector. Second content trip of February. I'm not sure Maybe when the last time he was out there, but Maybe either way. Was January. I don't know. Yeah, close enough, though. Close enough. This man loves him some corn land. He does. He's he is a he's a great, great corn descendant. He'll also be, <laughs> he'll also be at the D2 National Championships, by the way. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got, which is that in Iowa? or It's got to be in corn Does that have anything land. to do with corn? Uh, okay. It's sponsored by corn. All right. It's what fuels America. Okay. Brought to you by corn. Brought, brought to you by ethanol gasoline. <laughs> Fueling America for about a five-year period of time. For just a little bit of time, it showed up on those gas pumps, and then <laughs> see you later. You just back to corn syrup. A uh, few more things to just kind of run down. We got a great, uh, great set of events. I think twelve duels, twelve D1 duels live on the site this weekend. Um, Northwestern and Rus- Rutgers wrestling tonight. Mentioned potential Sammy Alvarez, uh, Sebastian Rivera match, but there's some other good matches in there. Mm-hmm. 125 Aguilar and, and Diagostino should be good. Both those guys kind of on a. Uh... Not downward trend, but have hit some rough patches where they've taken some losses recently. D'Agostino had a really good Midlands um, in his home. Well, not 
Hoffman Estate is not his home gym, but his home area mm-hmm. uh, where the uh, Midlands is now held. And, mm-hmm. and Aguilar had a, a better mid-season run than he's been having lately. Hit some real tough. I mean, that Big Ten schedule is just such – you just go from hammer to hammer no matter what you know your schedule looks like. Um, but it's interesting to see who bounces back from that group. That yeah, duo. yeah. Um, we've got some other good stuff on the site. Uh, Northern Colorado, Utah Valley. There's a handful of good matches there. Uh, Taylor Lamont and Moshe Schwartz at 133. I like that contrast of style there. Schwartz, a very tall, lanky guy, um, uh, true freshman, coming right out to shoot and is doing impressive things. Taylor Lamont, a little stockier, coming up from 125, bulking up a little bit, and he is Greco uh, style, headlocks, upper body stuff, not as much in the scrambling. Uh, both real athletic guys uh, with different styles and have had you know different paths to get to this point in their career, but they're both, I think, going to be All-American contenders. I think Taylor Lamont has sorted it out this season. Mm-hmm. We had some up and downs, um, but he has been looking excellent recently. Yeah. Montori Bridges with that headlock and uh, had a couple other recent good losses. And, but yeah, good wins. All, all of a sudden he's number one in the Big 12, right? I mean, that's 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 uh, yeah. that was not, I think, the projection at the beginning of the season. Uh, well, I mean, he wasn't even in the lineup at the beginning of the season. So, right. uh, yeah, that's that's good for him. Uh, mentioned West Virginia, UNI. Um, that match is on the site tonight. A uh, couple other good matches in that Northern Colorado-Utah Valley. Uh, tomorrow we've got mentioned Stanford. They're wrestling North Dakota State. Uh, interested in in we already mentioned Griffith and and Real Woods, but Gabe Townsville, Cam Sakura could be a very you know interesting match. Clash yeah. of styles there. Interesting that Townsville went up to 133 a senior year. I mean, I'm all uh, four guys uh, growing into the weight classes that mm-hmm. are they're more comfortable at. Uh, hopefully, he's got that that pop and that power that he has because he uh, makes for some highlight reel moves. He's got a great cement mixer uh, that he's used um, to win matches late. Cam Sakura. Also a tough wrestler, so we'll see how those good, guys yeah. top, uh, do. He's a monster on top. He's mm-hmm. you know he, he's a guy who can if he gets on top he can change the match um, even if he's down a little bit. He's got um, brutal turns. A uh, couple teams that have have had good showings recently: Fresno State, South Dakota State. Um, we'll hit and uh, you know a few few good matches in that one. Really like how uh, Damian Hans got that South Dakota State team just wrestling hard nosed. Uh, every match, no easy outs, up and down the lineup. Yeah, I was wondering how that team was going to shape up. I think I mentioned it before that Tanner Sloan, it was you know he was coming out of red shirt, but he had mm-hmm. that great Midlands where mm-hmm. he beat Jacob Warner. And you think, can you build a team around a, a red shirt freshman at 97, which is such a unpredictable weight class? Yeah. And then he took some early losses, and I was a little concerned about how the team would respond, and they responded really well by almost every other weight class stepping up. Yeah. They have somebody uh, somebody tough, and Hank Pohlmeyer uh, is a big big part of that at uh, 149. Yeah, and Fresno State, too. I mean, they had a duel last week with Wyoming. I was out there for that. Uh, they they gave up two forfeits. They had guys that were hurt um, either during the trip or, or didn't make the trip, and they still won the duel, and just, you know, it was similar. There's a lot of hard-nosed wrestling. They won, won that duel. Yeah, um, Hokett's uh, always must-watch at heavyweight. Yeah. Great athlete, uh, two-sport guy. Mm-hmm. Had a great uh, senior season on the football team. Steps into his role at heavyweight. Was an All-American at 197 last year. Yeah. Uh, just fun to watch. His finishes, once he gets that single leg elevated, are really cool. Um, just does, you know, really It's not a reverse spin. With, like, he's turning in and it's Yeah, getting, he changes direction. Yeah, and, yeah. And, then he, and then he spins back the other way. Goes, goes kind of finishes to the head. Like, mm-hmm. let's go with the leg. But mm-hmm. he's so quick for heavyweight. Yeah that he can pull off a lot of stuff that other people can't. Penn and Drexel uh, are going to head across the street to wrestle each other. They're tomorrow. literally across the street. They're literally it's across wild. the street. You guys should go to their campuses sometime and just check them out. Mm-hmm. 
Um, West Virginia mentioned them. They're wrestling Iowa State also on, on Saturday. That's tomorrow. And then Sunday, a bunch of duels. Northwestern Maryland, again, Seabass Watch and Ryan Deacon. Uh, SIUE in Indiana, live on the site. Air Force, North Dakota State, especially the 165-pound match there, should be big for seeding with Fogarty and Manyweather. Both those guys having decent seasons. And then Northern Iowa, Iowa State is, I think, the big duel on the site this weekend. Yeah, that's the marquee. Uh, duel. If you watch one match on Flow, it should be that one. Uh, that is where JD will be. Uh, it's great to see all three programs in Iowa right now um, at, at at wrestling at a high level and better than they've been in a while, or at as good a level as they've been in a while. Yeah, and I, I think that duel is really in the balance. It could go, it could go either way. There are a lot of toss-up matches in that duel. Um, I think 125 with Mackle and Schwarm could could probably go either way. Favor Mackle. 133, Scud Larzik and Small is is a toss-up. Um, I think Ian Parker, you probably favor over Blockus, but Blockus very solid. He's capable there. Uh, Dagan and Thompson. Thompson's four and zero against Dagan. Actually, five and zero. One of those was uh, was an injury default. Um, so you know you'd favor Thompson, but Dagan very tough and tricky. Um, you favor Carr against Geertz at fifty seven. Probably favor Straw over Yant at sixty five. Colbert and Steyert, probably in Steyert. Lujan, mm-hmm. Coleman favor Lujan. Shapiro and Glazer or Glazer probably a, a Shapiro uh, favorite. And then Gremmel and Isley. It could if it if it starts at twenty five, the duel could come down to heavyweight. Um, those guys are three and two against each other. I think Gremmel has three wins. Isley has two. So that match could be yeah. could be really exciting. The only uh, it's a it's a bummer. Um, Jacob Holschlag yeah is uh, is out for you and I. I was really pumped to see if he could come back uh, from all those injuries, but um, it's just tough. Like I said uh, earlier in the show, sometimes bodies last as long as they do, and it's a brutal, brutal sport. Yeah. But otherwise, there's very few where you where you think you know this is a this is a uh, a clear-cut favorite. I mean, even start over Colbray and Luan over Coleman for you and I. Those aren't gimmies. No, you're not going to get those no. uh, from Coleman and, and Colbray. Those are tough outs. Yeah. And then those upper weights. I don't want to say inconsistent because that sounds uh, like an insult, but those lower weights, all those guys can be very inconsistent. Yeah. So it. Uh, yeah, calling us, we could just do a little mini whiteboard war like you just did. It may be a favor one guy over another, yeah. but. Dude, do not count anybody out in either of these lineups, especially in a in a you know a rivalry match and in you know kind of a turf war in the state of Iowa. Yeah, Iowa like, State trying to trying to uh, reassert their dominance in the state and reassert themselves on the in the top tier level. But you and I saying, well, we just got here, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. We're we're giving all the blue bloods the toughest matches they can have and take stealing wins from all these guys and getting wins here and there. Yeah, taking out Oklahoma State. I mean, they're they're not. They want to prove that they belong at that yeah. level, and that yeah. they're not a mid-major. That in the wrestling world they are a major, and yeah. you know they both got great coaches. Dresser for Iowa State, Schwab for you and I. Uh, just fun programs. It's a it's a great time. If you're in Iowa right now, you are spoiled for mm-hmm. wrestling at the high school level, at the college level. Guys doing stuff on the international scene. Mm-hmm. JD Raider out there collecting content for you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good a great time to be alive. Um, the last two the last two duels on the site: Northern Colorado, Wyoming on Sunday afternoon, and then uh, the last one on the schedule: Stanford, South Dakota State. Yeah, close out your day with that. So should be some really interesting stuff, uh, especially in that Stanford-South Dakota State match, 149, I'm very interested in. Raquir Vandermeer has been hurt some this year, but mm-hmm. he's going to be back in the lineup, it sounds like. And I'll have Henry Pohlmeyer, who, um, who's tough. So really looking forward to that one. Uh, and um, so a lot of good stuff coming up this weekend, and, and some of the most exciting duels of the weekend won't be on flow. we got a couple big Big Ten duels tomorrow night. Yeah, we're uh, Saturday. I'm going to be live blogging for about four or five straight hours. I'm going to take that. Uh, what is it? Uh, 
Penn State, Ohio State, and then Minnesota, Iowa. Yeah. I'm just going to go blog right through. Blog, yeah. I'm just going to blog my fingers to the nub, the bloody stumps. That's great. Got to yeah. love it. Got to love got a little carpal, carpal tunnel on a Saturday. I, carpal tunnel means nothing to me. Um, and uh, and then and then the whiteboard where you guys broke down NC State, Virginia Tech, also going down this weekend. Yeah, that's NC great State match. trying to clinch uh, a uh, ACC title, and that has become such a competitive conference. You know, everybody looks at those uh, teams and says, wow, that's so great. Now let's add Clemson. Let's add Georgia Tech. And, of course, I agree. But right now, the the teams, you got what you got. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's appreciate the fact that, you know, Duke's, uh, you know, struggling this year, but they got two fine silvers coming back next year. But other than that, you got high-caliber top 20 teams Mm -hmm. on the other five, five out of six. Pretty awesome. A lot of good wrestling to be excited about. Stay locked on wrestling all weekend and uh, start looking – Forward towards that postseason. It's just around the corner. Postseason's just around the corner. Valentine's Day is today. We're smack wa- in the middle of Valentine's Day right now. Yeah, I want to thank my man Bray for getting me this great and uh, uh, card and uh, letting everybody know that uh, not always the heartless person you see on camera. Not a, not necessarily in all circumstances. That's right. What all a right. nice gift. What a nice thought. <laughs> and I don't think anybody out there is heartless either. I think in some circumstances they probably all have great big heart like at the end of the grinch when it grows a bunch of sizes that's right well thanks for tuning in you got anything else andrew spay nothing enjoy the wrestling friends i will see you online all right hey uh kudos to you for being an internet writer yeah uh, picked by the ncaa congrats on internet said, writer status yeah i just yourself. thought of that right as you were about to turn it off but thank you very much one from one internet writer to another uh it was great having the show with you i agree